Hey everybody, this is Raymundo Gonzalez. And this is Jamani Rosario. Welcome to the Latinx Guard Podcast. We hope you enjoy the show. Remember, everything we say is just for fun. Nothing's meant to be taken too seriously. If you are going to be a hater, stay a hater. But either way, support. Welcome everybody to Latinx Guard Podcast, episode 5. This is an amazing milestone for us. We got a handful of episodes now. Uh, we just want to start off the episode by just thanking everybody who's been listening to the past couple of episodes. Giovanni and I have been immensely grateful to everyone who's come up to us, thanking us, congratulating us on the podcast. We love talking about it, um, even if I'm at work. I just really appreciate it if anybody comes up to me and says, hey, I listened to episode one, episode two, and you guys are doing great. Thank you so much for that positive encouragement. Um, wow, you took the th- words right out of my mouth. I was actually going to start off by saying something very similar. Um, I know we we joke a lot. Um and we might offend some people. So first and foremost, like Ray said, I want to second him in that. Thank you to everyone who's just even asked about it. You know, like I, I get very excited, very nerdy about it. Just like um, when people be like, yo, I heard you guys. You guys have a great flow. Um, and, you know, all feedback is always welcome. Um, but we'll, we spend a lot of time, um, as you've already seen, you know, making fun of a lot of people um that said i don't want to make it sound like the whole sport is full of those kind of people we've met wonderful people such like ray right a lot of our instructors a lot of people a lot of our friends right so the community is full of a uh, 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 wonderful people as well a lot of those people who you know supported us in our first couple episodes so thank you guys yeah um we're gonna take just a little bit of time before today's episode and we humbly request that everybody listen to this podcast right now just rate us on spotify it would really help us get our show out there um just make it a little bit more credible and continue sharing it. i know we've received tremendous support but if you can share it to if you train in another jiu-jitsu school welcome we love having you in the podcast but also uh, just share it with everybody at your school, right? I think jujitsu is a wonderful thing that we all share together, and we love to share our thoughts with everybody at different schools. Okay, so without further ado, let's get into it. Latin Guard Podcast, Episode 5. Again, I am your host, Raimundo Gonzalez. And this is Giovanni Rosario. And we have a very special episode for you today. We're going to do something a little bit more lighthearted. We're going to talk about uh, jujitsu gi brands and maybe jujitsu style in general. I think that this is something that I picked up on very early in my jiu-jitsu career, just how seriously we take fashion trends and fashion brands in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Giovanni's laughing because he obviously knows how important this is. Um, yeah, no, we Ray and I have both seen some people wear very uh, outlandish, very stylish, a, a wide variety of outfits to training, both gi and no gi. Um, but I think today we wanted to start out, or we wanted to go over um, some gi brands. Yeah, I think that's a great place to start. So in jiu-jitsu... What gi brand you wear is very telling to the person that you are, right? The stage of jiu-jitsu that you are in. Um, today, we're going to be listening to a couple of gi brands. First, a disclaimer. Just like in our disclaimer at the intro <laughs> of the show, this is all for fun. Everything we say is a joke. Jocko Willink, do not come after me after I talk about Origin gi brand. Entertainment purposes only. If you get offended, then... You got other issues in your life. We're here to make people laugh. We want to brighten up everyone's day. So to start off with a gi brand that almost needs no introduction just because it's insanely popular across two different sports, Fuji, right? Um, I have mixed feelings about Fuji. A Fuji gi was one of the first gis that I owned. And one of the things that I love about it is its simplistic, minimal design, right? It's just a white gi, minimal logo, comes in uh, royal blue, black, 
And I think if any white belt comes in wearing a Fuji gi, they're not committing any faux pas, any error, right? It's a very simplistic, basic gi. Yeah, and I, and I like that, like, I mean, obviously they have um, wide varieties, and what you just named is very basic, but if you want to get a little fancy, I believe they have gis with, like, flowers on it, so it isn't too much. It has just a little bit of a touch to let you know, like, your gi is very nice. Um, but I think quality is, is very important, and I think Fuji brands, um, much like a lot of their products, are very durable. Yeah. So here's, here's where we start, like, <laughs> getting funny. So <laughs> Fuji brands on a white belt, um great right great choice for sure if you're a black belt wearing a fuji gi bro that's black belt <laughs> uh, a, a black belt in a fuji gi that's like the black air forces of like the jiu-jitsu <laughs> world bro okay so when i see a black belt wearing a fuji gi i don't want to roll with him every single meme where they're like avoiding eye contact like saying like oh i already have a, a training partner meanwhile you don't right just straight up lying if I see a black belt wearing a Fuji gi, I am pulling out every trick in the book just to not roll with this person. Um, does that st- so? I, I know that um, judo, the Fuji gi is very uh, common. Do you feel similarly about a judo black belt, or is this just pertaining to jujitsu? No, I think it's just pertaining to jujitsu. Okay. I don't really know like the fashion trends in judo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but in- if but if you see a a, a a person who is a black belt in judo in a jujitsu class wearing their Fuji gi. Do oh, wearing s- that judo Fuji gi? Yeah, because what you said, like, I agree with most of what you just said. And even if you apply that to a judo, like, judo people who do jiu-jitsu, they're very aggressive. And they'll hold you, they'll pull on your head. So a lot of what you just described kind of fits perfectly. So either way, I'm with it, but I'm, you know. Bro, wearing a judo gi into a jiu-jitsu <laughs> class, that's like bleeding. That's like wearing all red into a crip neighborhood, dog. That's like, wow. bro, you are asking for violence. Wow, that's... Wow. That's crazy. That's, I don't know anybody who would do that. I mean, I, I actually know like maybe one or two people that would do that. And they're both judo um, black belts that use a trainer. But that, that is a crazy statement to make. Um, so our next key, right, um, is what I like to I, I think it's, um, and again, I don't want to offend anybody, but what I would say the hallmark version of Fuji, right, wow. is, the, is the Sanibel gi, right? And the reason I say that is because like Sanibel is usually like when you go into amazon and you go bjj gi and this animal is usually the first one that comes up it's pretty affordable it's pretty nice like with it i think it's a little bit more detailed than like your first fuji gi where like fuji might just have the name and it's like just color mostly sanable has like it might have a line like it, it it starts to get a little bit more uh fancy i guess um but yeah, I think the Sanibel Gi is a little weird. I always thought it was weird just because the logo looks like the blender bottle. Yeah. The sticker logo. So, <laughs> dude, I, I just can't get over that. Um, That's true, yeah. I don't like the cut of a Sanibel Gi. I think it gets a little bit too slim around the legs and the, yeah. the arms. Um, anytime I see a person in a Sanibel Gi, I think exactly what you said. Like, this person knows nothing about Gi shopping. They just typed in Jiu-Jitsu Gi on Google and just bought the first thing that they found. Um, I think that... Sanibel geese are great if they're highly affordable. And some people, and also this is something that we should have disclaimed before we started talking about jiu-jitsu brands. Some people just don't want to invest or don't think about investing that much into their jiu-jitsu gi in their first couple months of jiu-jitsu, right? right? They're already paying monthly dues. They're already maybe paid for a private lesson or two, whatever. I think it's a huge commitment to not only buy a monthly membership, but then you also have to buy hundreds of dollars worth of equipment just to support your monthly membership. Right. So 
I am perfectly okay with people buying a cost-effective option. Um, and Sanibel just happens to be that cost-effective option. I wouldn't have said it was Hallmark. I would have said it was like Kmart, <laughs> right? Like the Sanibel gi is like the shack shoe. Well, I mean, of like the jiu-jitsu okay, world. that is probably more offensive. Hallmark Word? is, I think so. Like when you were a kid, did you want to be seen with shacks? I did okay. it. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> but like, I definitely didn't mind going into the Hallmark shop. Um, yeah. But the point, yes, I think the point still stands. It is um, clearly the off-brand. But now, let's as we start to get a little bit more fancy, our next gi brand, and um, this is one that I particularly really like. Um, I don't think there's... I think the corniest part about this, corny is not the, may not be the best word, but it's the name, right? So we have 93 brand. Mm. Now, I'm sure that it, there might be details as to why it's called 93 brand, right? But in terms of the gi itself, I think um, 93 brand has a wide variety of sizes, right? Um, you start to go into like A0H or the, you know, the L's and start to add the letters, right, in terms of sizing. Um, but I don't really see people who are, like, if you have a 93 brand gi, you have an idea of what jujitsu is, right? Like, you've been training for a little bit. I want to say that this is, like, as a blue belt, you got excited, you got promoted, and then you, you were like, all right, I'm going to go and buy myself something not too fancy. You know, I'm going to go to the Cheesecake Factory and just buy myself a 93 brand gi. So, I have a couple of things to say about 93 brand gis. <laughs> I've worn a 93 brand gi, and it's very comfortable. Absolutely. They're very affordable. Yeah. Very high quality. They're just so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> They're just hideous. Like, they always try to do, like, this two-tone lapel thing. They always, like, try to mismatch the top gi and the bottom gi colors. Yeah, I, yeah. They just never work for me. And it's such a shame because they're such a well-constructed, comfortable gi. It's kind of like, um, if like, I have to stick to shoes because I used to be a sneakerhead, too. Yeah. But it's kind of like the, the LeBrons or, like, the 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 Steph Curry's right okay. from Under Armour like yeah, they're yeah, probably yeah. great shoes very well constructed and the athletes probably had a huge hand in like um, promoting and in the construction and manufacturing the shoe or maybe not whatever maybe I'm just uh, trying to reason and rational rational it out but they they're just so ugly yeah they just I can't I wouldn't be seen wearing a 93 brand gi at least in a photo like if somebody like took a Polaroid of me in a 93 brand gi bro I would fight them over it oh and be like, man I cannot let this out in the world. <laughs> 93 brand, if you're out there listening to this, no offense, your geese are just hideous to me. They're great geese, right? And if I was in a pickle and nobody else was in the room watching me, I'd wear them. But I wouldn't be seen in public wearing them. Yeah, I mean, not all geese are going to be for everyone. We all have our preferences. Um, I think that uh, that analogy was really great, right? Like, So geese are like a streetwear fashion, right? Um, much like sneakers, if you've ever been into that. So um, moving on, our next brand, which... I think is probably the, if 93 brand is 1.0, this is 2.0 in Hyperfly. So Hyperfly is really well known. I think they have, um, now you start to get really fancy. Now they have like words inside their lapels. It's like you can't teach hard, all this, you know, cool. They have um, a, a lot of cool geese, um, or cool is relative, but um, they're also really comfortable. I think this is more... Like now you've been at blue belt for a little bit longer. You might even be a purple belt, and you're and you've seen hyperfly gi. It's a pink maybe, and you're like or gray, and you're like, oh, I want to feel like the sixth Power Ranger. I'm gonna go buy a fucking hyperfly gi. Yeah. So what I'm about to say, I've always want to say, and I'll get into this more. If I wasn't contractually obligated to say otherwise, um, I would be a huge fan of hyperfly gis. 
right? If I could say, I would say that Hyperflaggies are very stylish. They're they have an affordable line, but like yeah. I said, they were like if you want to use the analogy of 2.0, you start you are starting to get into the mid-range to expensive line of gear. Right, right. I think like an average Hyperflaggy might cost you around like 150 to 180 dollars. Yeah. But in my um, hypothetical advice, hypothetical advice, that is a good investment, right? Um, Hyperflaggies, very fashionable. They come in a ton of colorways, come in a ton of sizing options. Um, we have many reputable uh, athletes wearing Hyperflaggies. I believe that even one of the big teams uh, in Jiu-Jitsu, Dreamart, uh, a couple yes. years ago, had even were uh, had an exclusive partnership with Hyperfly. Yeah. Um, of course, you had one of the biggest American athletes of all time, Keenan Cornelius, repping the Hyperfly Gi brand for a long time. Um, and I think there was even a little trivia. I think even the Meow Brothers were sponsored by Hyperfly at one point. I think so. So if I were to rep any other brand, this is a big if, and I'll get into my contract in a little bit, I would say, hypothetically, I would wear Hyperflaggies. I think they're a great brand. I, um, I think that, I don't know if they're based out in California, but they might be. They're American uh, gi brand that makes great quality stuff. They're kind of like um, like an Adidas, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're, They might not be like the Nike, right? But they still got plenty of colorways, plenty of shoes options, plenty oh, of gi sure. options that are very fashionable, very affordable. Um, but now, getting into probably the Nike of what is jujitsu, and probably, um, <clears throat> obviously, there there are a lot more gi brands, and we might touch on some more. I think that the gi brand we're about to get into, is, I would say, is probably the peak. Right? They have um, now is when you get to high end fashion in terms of gi, um, and the brand we're talking about is Shoyuro, right? So with, I want to say before we say anything about Shoyuro, I am contractually obligated to say. Shoyuro geese are the best geese in the world. I wear no other geese, even in my sleep. And every other gi brand is complete and utter trash compared to Shoyuro. Bear, I love you. If you're listening to this podcast, there is a gun to my head when I was talking about every other gi brand. Shoyuro is the best. That's it. There's there's footage. There was no gun. Um, however, uh, Shoyuro... <clears throat> so, if you're a white belt... Um, if you're a white belt and you wear shoyuro, you probably look a little ridiculous only because, like, it's like, um, you know, you're wearing a very fancy braggie. You're going to stand out. So shoyuro geese, even its most simplest one, it's it's too clean to not be noticed. You know, um, I'm, I was never, like, a big sneakerhead, but shoyuro, shoyuro, shoyuro um, were like the Jordans. Right. Whenever you saw your friends just like pull up to class with the new shits, all eyes were they would even they would walk like a fucking Robocop because they didn't want to crease them. Jiu-Jitsu is a little bit different. Right. But like you wouldn't wear your super nice show your role to like comp class. Um, and also, to be fair, a lot of my geese have been hand me downs and a lot of those hand me downs have been show your role. Um, so I have a, um, most of the geese that I wear. I also just so happen to be show your role. So I'm a little biased in that regard. Yeah, all jokes aside, I think you made a great analogy. Shoyuro is the brand, right? Um, I'll give one analogy just in, like, the gi history um, of, like, jiu-jitsu. Up until, I'd say, maybe six or seven years ago, every gi skirt had, like, a very squared edge. And now I'm getting into hyper-specifics of, like, gi brands or gi fashion, but uh, just hear me out. So every gi skirt had a very squared edge, a very sharp corner at the end of the skirt. Yeah. Shoyuro made, like, 
an announcement, like a huge innovation, right? Quote unquote, depending on how you view jujitsu fashion, that they were going to start rounding their gi skirts, right? So it was going to be still like squared, but like just a rounded edge instead of a sharp 90 degree corner. Yeah. And everybody was saying like, oh, like, how could you do this? Like, this is like changing like the the actual anatomy of the skirt is going to be easier to pull out or whatever, right? Everybody was hating on it. Six months later, every gi brand was doing it. Every gi brand had like a rounded skirt option. That's crazy. You know, somebody's got to be the disruptor out here. I definitely think so. I definitely think that Show Your Roll as a brand is a brand that isn't afraid to push the boundaries on what a jiu-jitsu uniform is supposed to be. I think as like one of the youngest martial arts probably in the world, Yeah. right? We still are, or at least we are in a, a weird space where we can still define what our art is. Right. Right. We are not bound to rigid structures that are hundreds of years old or decades years old where we have to follow a specific um, tradition. Yeah. Like if you look at the Show Your Own website right now, they make some crazy bugged out stuff. Yeah. And I love it. Right. Because if I come to class, I would like to stand out. I like to peacock a little bit, you know. Uh, I love wearing show your old geese, but I think you also made a great analogy that they are like repping the Jordans, right? If <laughs> if you go to get up, if you go to a pickup game of basketball and you're wearing the fresh icy Jordan ones, I'm like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, what are you, you doing? You, that, that's also like putting a target on your back too. Like if you have a nice gi, and especially if I know that you're an upper belt, yeah. oh, I'm I'm coming for that ass. Yeah. Like I'm gonna get up in there. Like you're not only gonna be an <laughs> upper belt, and you want to look nice. No, you can't have it all, my boy. Uh, you, I'm I'm com- I'm coming for you. Yeah, I, I um, <laughs> I think that's funny that there are some jujitsu gis that are almost too nice to wear. Yeah. Um, and I totally respect that, right? Uh, I think. And I think Shoyerol has even taken note of this. They've even started making geese that are specifically for like fashion wear and yeah. not specifically for training. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's pretty funny. Um, shout out to Shoyerol. They are the only geese that I wear. <laughs> you can put that on tape. <laughs> um, and I guess like before getting into another brand, I wanted to throw this one in here. Um, AMP, Albino and Preto, which is. I don't know their relationship with Shoyro, but I know that I hold them up there in terms of uh, quality, in terms of um, like cool geese that they put out. I know that Shoyro and AMP both have done collabs, right? So I, I don't remember which ones, um, but one of them did a collab and they did like a New York Knicks gee, a Chicago Bulls gee, right? So for me as a, as a fan of other things like sports and basketball, when you see my career and you see all these other things that i like kind of cross for me that's like oh that's really fucking dope especially because you start to introduce like other parts and and kind of like you said um we're still at a stage in the sport where we can define our art so we can keep creating and you know keep funky and like if there's something that doesn't fit right like i think that that's some that's a pretty cool detail i didn't know about right like just that small changing of the skirt like that's fucking mind-blowing and then now you got all these other brands so to do something so small and have all these other companies follow what you do that says a lot about where you're at in terms of your creativity and shit like that yeah so just for a little bit of um uh, factual sake, uh, AMP is actually a sister company of Shoyuro. Okay. I believe that they're all, they're both owned by Bear. Okay. But I believe that a gentleman by the name of Arvi is the creative director for AMP. So okay. I think he has a lot of say over like the image of Got that. It. Of course, with Bear's I guess approval and input. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But Arvi is a 
great creative mind yeah. in leading AMP. Um, I think they have two kind of different images, but both seem to do the same thing, which is just push the boundaries of the jiu-jitsu uniform and culture. Yeah. Um, I agree that AMP does do a lot of creative things. I think Choyuro is a little bit more artistic and abstract. Yeah. And AMP is a little bit more concrete in their collaborations. Like, yeah, yeah. There are some that hit, some that don't hit. Like the Gundam collab that they did a couple weeks ago, fire, hit. Yeah, yeah, Right yeah. on, bullseye. But then they did like a SpongeBob collab. <laughs> no comment. Um, yeah, that, that that wasn't for us, is what we're saying. Yeah, it was. It's not for me. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not for me to steal a quote from my friend Jono. It's not for me. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, I uh, AMP huge shout out. They're basically Shoyerols. If you're buying AMP, you're basically buying from Shoyerol. Yeah. And um, they're the great brand. Um, yeah, I didn't know they were sister companies, but it makes sense, right? The, the probably for me in terms of ranking them, they they're I will put them in the top two for sure, and that speak that makes sense, right? Um, Before we move on to another uh, Gi brand, I also just want to say that even though we do rep the flag of Shoyuro and we think it's a great brand, we are not condescending anybody who wears a different Gi brand. Like if you come from different means and Fuji is the Gi brand that you want to buy or a ninety three brand or anything on sale, please do right. Um, we understand that this is a very expensive hobby, and we'll get into like how much money you can actually drop. But sometimes, like we talked about, like the pickup game of basketball, and where you're joining ones, you don't need a Shoyuro gi, right? When a Fuji gi can do. Um, I think that there's this conversation that needs to be had about like how expensive this sport can actually get. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you don't need to get like the premium quality product when just a simple ordinary gi will do. It's like buying a two thousand dollar surfboard when you just need a ten dollar boogie board from walmart because you're just gonna use it for a day yeah facts um no that's that's very true we're not trying to like shame you or anything like like i said earlier a lot of my geese have been hand-me-downs so i personally have not purchased one in a long time for that reason alone right like it is a lot of money and even the affordable ones they're still like sixty dollars that just gonna come out of your pocket and that might not be a lot of money for some people, but some people aren't on tight budgets, right? So there's a lot of gi brands here. And obviously, we, we made some jokes here and there, but a lot of these gi brands are made for different needs, right? Some of these gi brands aren't out here to to kind of change the level of the art, right? Or, or um, the image, right? Um, but shout outs to all the gi brands. And the next one, which to me says OG. To me, it says you're like a grizzled person who's like been doing jiu-jitsu for metal. You might be a brown belt at this point. And that's the tatami gi. Ah. So, so the reason I, I feel that way is because when I see tatami gis, they're just like, they're, for me, they don't they don't stand out in the way shoyu rolls do, right? Where shoyu rolls very abstract. This stands out in like, we're serious, right? It's like when you are, um, when you're on the train and you're about to go through that emergency exit door and you see the cops and those are the tatami geese and you're like, right, I don't want any trouble. I'm going to now purchase this very expensive Metro card so I don't get in trouble. Yeah. Right. Um, shout outs to JT Torres. I think he's one of the main yes. uh, ambassadors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tatami. And, you know, in my opinion, hypothetically, like I say, because of my contract, um, tatami geese are a fine quality gi. Absolutely. I think, like, even in the past years, they've been really pushing their... um. Um, creative boundaries a little bit and yeah, come yeah. out with some fire stuff in their collection. Yeah. Um, I have worn one tatami gi when I was a white belt, um, but I think the quality and construction has improved significantly since then. Yeah. Um, so I think tatami gi is another fine gi. I th- um, no, nah, I, I, and like, yeah, I don't think there's much 
for me to say about Tatami. I think, like you you said, they're, they're good quality. Um, again, when I see Tatami, I think JT Tours is a great example. When I see JT, I'm like, oh, this is serious. All right, we're we're going to train hard. Oh, this man isn't playing no jokes. And next thing you know, he's just crushing you. Um, so our next Guy brand that we're going to cover is Venom. So a lot of people might not know Venom does gi, right? Because we're so used to seeing like Venoms on shorts. You might be familiar in some seeing it in the uh, MMA world, right? Um, they produce a lot of gear. Um, in terms of their gi, again, shout outs to you and all the gis that you wear. But when I see somebody wearing a Venom gi, I usually seven times out of ten, I'm going to expect to get kicked in the face. Word. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm not, that doesn't speak for everyone. So if you wear a Venom gi, like don't get your panties in a bunch. But you're probably um, your anxiety is levels are probably through the roof a little bit. You're not trying to get your guard pass at, at the expense of my head, and you might just kick me or punch me in the face, and which is cool. Like th- do what you got to do. But um, so I have a couple of things to, to say about the Venom brand. I just never understood it, like how they just throw a snake head on everything and expect that to be cool. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand it. Like, I, I definitely agree that if you wear a Venom gi into class, you're probably the weirdo in the class. <laughs> you're probably the kid in the back of the class who's, like, stuttering to himself, like, probably biting his fingernails. Okay, like, cut that I, out. <laughs> cut that out, please. <laughs> like, I just don't understand Venom as a brand. Like, I, I'm looking at somebody typically in, like, the black Venom gi with, like, the red fangs, like, the giant snake head on the back. Yes. And, like, if you've done jiu-jitsu, all of you know what gi Ray just described. Dude, <laughs> if you're wearing the Venom gi and you ask me to roll, I, I am putting two mouth guards in, I am putting headgear on, and I might even put on MMA gloves because I don't know if this is about to turn into a scrap. Oh, I'm getting the holy water from my bag real quick. Dude, it is it is freaking crazy. Like, like the Venom gi, I, I said that the Fuji... um gi with the black belt is the black air forces i recorrect my statement any <laughs> venom gi is the black air forces of uh the jiu-jitsu community um and so it's not all negative i do think one of the positives about um venom and i don't i'm not going to speak for all of their geese but that one specific the 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 black and red one um they they're pretty light right so during the summertime you don't feel like you're drowning in your gi um which i know some gi brands do they're very heavy and whatnot um but yeah no if you if you wear venom please stop kicking us in the head we really don't appreciate it all right so that's enough <laughs> like talking crap about jiu-jitsu geese what i want what we want to talk crap about now is just the general equipment that people use when they train <laughs> jiu-jitsu we've seen it all man we have seen it all from simple finger tape to ear guards to mouth guards man i i i remember some dude was wearing what i call the lobster gloves oh man have you have you seen um the the hannibal lecter not the hannibal lecter mask the fucking spawn mask with like no dude i what are you talking about what this is crazy yo pull it up i got you so while Giovanni's fucking that, oh, pulling that up, man, just the, some some of the things that we've seen. We've seen wrestling shoes. I've seen people wearing hospital like socks just for like the grips on the bottom of the feet. That I have seen it all, right? And what we're gonna talk about today is just just some of the things that some of y'all be wearing to a jiu-jitsu class. What you should and shouldn't wear to a jiu-jitsu class, like what is appropriate. Um, like we're gonna be covering everything from like wearing a rash guard underneath your your gi jacket 
Some guys even wear singlets, right? Some guys wear the MMA shorts underneath, right? It's just crazy. Um, so I can't pull up the best image, but um, it's like that middle one right there. It's like the Dude, boxing. What is this? So once, and it's so like the one I'm talking about is a little less protective than that, but that gives you the idea of what That's it's. That's crazy. So um. I don't know if we'll, we'll be able to put an image of this, but anyways, you can just look up, like, face gear for grappling, and you'll get a bunch of stuff. Um, if you're curious, like... Dude, D you're right. D this, this is what they put on Hannibal Lecter in yeah, Silence so, of the Lambs. So DM me if you want to <laughs> know what the great. fuck we're talking about. Um, but I <laughs> actually... So funnily enough, we're going to start right here, right? Because this is probably one of the... This is one of the rare ones. So if, we, if you've ever, like, collected cards, this is, like, your hologram Charizard that c comes to life and shit. Is it, this isn't one you see all the time, at least not in jiu-jitsu. So it's like... um, Imagine, like, a, a boxing protective headgear but with a little bit more protection on the face and i've only seen that once and usually when people like if you play basketball right now if you've watched if you're watching the nba playoffs i believe Jalen brown is wearing a very similar mask and when it comes to sports to protect an injury i get it but the one time i saw it in grappling the dude was wearing it because he was a model and he didn't want to mess up his face <laughs> This is a black belt. This is a, I'm not, you know, this was a couple years ago. I don't know what was going on. Maybe he had a deal with Calvin Klein or some shit or whatever. I don't know. The point is, the one time I saw it, my man was a black belt wearing this and all because he was a model, which to me, that says you're a pussy. <clears throat> now, let me cut that That's part. Wild. Cut, cut That's that. wild. That's wild. You're not a pussy. Uh, what it says to me is that you're... Not you're not really about it. You're like a chihuahua. You're all bark, and then you just like start running when somebody makes a loud step. Is really what that says about you. So, I've have never seen somebody <laughs> wear like a jutsu face guard. Oh right? man, that's crazy. I, dude, you have to know that if you walk into a gym wearing something like that, you're gonna be looked at a certain way. For sure. Like I, I, I can't believe that people actually wear that. Um, I have, like, heard of people who, again, are models. We both live in New York City, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very common thing, right? For sure. So I have heard, have heard of people who are like, hey, I'm a model. Like, I'm not really looking to scrap. Like, like, and they just do, like, light rounds or yeah, flow yeah, rolls. Yeah. Or maybe, like, only scrap with certain people that they trust are not going to knee them in the face. Right. I completely understand that. But to go out of your way and get, like, a face guard that's going to make you look like, bro, Jason Voorhees? Yeah. That's crazy. It is wild. So... Another thing that's more commonly worn in the jiu-jitsu space are ear guards, right? Yes. Cauliflower ear is a very common thing. But what I'm recently finding out is that it might be um, less about just the specific instance that gives you cauliflower ear and more about your gen genetic susceptibility to cauliflower ear. Yeah. Like how soft or malleable your ears are or how not soft or uh, unmalleable your ears are. So some people are just prone to get it more than other people. But ear guards, right? I think that typically they should only be worn in instances of cauliflower ear and you are looking to train, which if you have cauliflower ear, definitely just don't train for like a week if you can help it. But yeah. if you if you have to train, then I would suggest wearing ear guards to make the cauliflower ear less severe. Um, I, I typically hate wearing it just because it just makes it very difficult to escape from guillotines or triangles and any other type of headlock, right? Um, Giovanni, what has been your experience wearing ear guards? <laughs> <laughs> for, for those of you that listen, I just lifted my headphones off. Um, my, so 
I did a little bit of wrestling in high school, and that was my introduction to headgear or ear guards, right? And at the time, it, you had to wear it in wrestling. For jiu-jitsu, it's not as common, right, because you don't have to wear it. So I remember the first time my ear blew up, somebody had kneed me, my ear got cauliflower ear. Um, I think genetics is very important. I think that part is a lot of people don't think about it. But on top of that, my passing approach is very, like, head forward. So I did a lot of pressure passing, especially um, in my blue belt years. So I, I got a lot of uh, cauliflower ear, and at the time, I prioritized training. I tried to wear headgear. I tried to wear, and I think the type of headgear also matters. I know there's that really hard, aggressive one. If you're going to wear that, like, don't shove it into people's faces. You don't got to be an asshole when you wear your headgear, right? Um, but I tried to wear it, and for me, it was just so uncomfortable, and it got so annoying that it would just, like, uh, piss me off. So I would constantly just, like, if I was training twice a day, I would drain my ear in the morning, train at noon, and then if I need to, I would drain it afternoon, and then again at night. So I was doing a lot of draining. Um, the pharmacy definitely thought I was fucking injecting heroin into my body, which I wasn't. <laughs> I would go in there, take my hoodie off. I'd be like, ma'am, can I get some needles for my ears? And yeah. she would still be like, she still look at me a little weird. Yeah. Um, I get people be like, yo, I want cauliflower ears. No, you don't. You don't want cauliflower ears. And if you do, like Ray said, take some time off. But on the topic of headgear... <laughs> There's a time to wear your headgear. Like, if we're drilling, you don't need to wear your headgear. If we're doing, like, chokes from the back, you don't need to wear your headgear. Like, the headgear is for the rolling portion, right? Because if you're afraid, the reason you're usually wearing headgear is because you're afraid of getting cauliflower ear. Yeah. So, I, I also think that there's this, um, this idea that if you do jiu-jitsu, you're going to get cauliflower ear. Yeah. And the reality is that there's no, like, prime indication that any specific type of uh, pattern of behavior in jiu-jitsu or just doing jiu-jitsu in general is going to give you cauliflower ear. I know people that have been training for 12 years and haven't gotten cauliflower ear. I know people right. that have been training for 12 weeks and got cauliflower ear within the first year of their doing jiu-jitsu, right? So I think it's just like anything else, right? If you play guitar, you're going to get calluses on your fingers, yeah. right? If you... um I don't know. If you uh, hike, you're going to fall down and scrape your knees a couple times, right? Yeah. I think it's just something that you just have to get over the fear of if you want to do jiu-jitsu, that cauliflower ear might be an eventuality for you, right? Again, I, I've spoken to many, many beginners that say, should I get headgear? And the answer is, I don't know, man. You do you, right? If you want to wear headgear every single class, go right ahead, right? right? But just know that it's going to be harder to slip out of certain holds. When you sweat, you're going to be sweating more through your head just because you're wearing like Kind of like basically a plastic bag over your head. It's yeah. going to retain a lot of heat. <laughs> Dude, I've never sweated more hard than when I had headgear. Oh, man. That's that, what I'm saying. It gets so hot under oh, there. The worst. Um, shout out to Cliff Keen, though. Uh, yes. They make excellent headgear. They're dope. Um, I, like, like you said, do not wear the ones with, like, I call them the cheese grater sides. <laughs> <laughs> they look like air vents, right? And I think they are. They might be. Just um, for improved ventilation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only wear the ones with, like, the plastic straps and, like, they kind of look just like big headphones. Yes. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. With the very soft uh, outsides. Yeah. And I think that's a very important um, aspect that you have to take into account if you choose to wear headgear. Right. If you choose to get the ones with the cheese grater sides, you're going to be very careful with who you roll with and how you roll with them because you don't want to scrape anybody's face on them. Of course. If you get, like, the more simplistic ones that you see a lot of college athletes wearing or high school athletes wearing even, uh, they're very noticeable if you go on Amazon and buy them because one looks like a fan ventilator and the other one just looks like an earmuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think those are the ones that typically jiu-jitsu people should be wearing. Yeah. 
um, let's move on and let's just talk about mouth guards for a second. Um, I want to start this off. I think everybody who practices jujitsu should wear a mouth guard. And if you are not wearing a mouth guard, I hope you have a good dental plan, right? I think it's, I mean, this, this is me right here. I just, I didn't wear a mouth guard for the first six years of me doing jujitsu yes. and I chipped my tooth twice and it took me the second time to learn like, maybe I should have worn a mouth guard all this time. I get why people don't wear them because you don't want to, like, learn a new style of breathing. You don't want to breathe through your nose. And it is annoying for the first month. Yeah. But you're guaranteeing yourself safety for your mouth and your teeth for the rest of your jiu-jitsu career. There have been so many times where I've been wearing a mouth guard where I bite down really hard on my teeth <sighs> or I bite worst. down really hard on my tongue. And it's just a piece of rubber that I'm biting down on. Yeah, yeah. And I think to myself, man, if I wasn't wearing this, dude, it would be a wrap. Um nogi pans 2019 i didn't and sometimes i won't wear mouth guard um we'll get into that in a little bit but 2019 i bit my tongue in my semifinals match and i still have the piece the part of the side of the tongue where i bit it like this is four years later now and i can still feel the same part because it's that part just it's never the same so to race point even And I I can be a bit of a hypocrite because I won't always wear it, right? But you should definitely wear mouth guards, right? I'm sometimes when I train, I'll sing. You're very animated. You get excited during your roles, so you're not always like focused. And sometimes accidents happen. Your partner's trying to defend. He might shoulder bump you under your chin, and now you you might have just like you like you said, right? You might have chipped your tooth. And dental shit is expensive. Anything health-related is pretty expensive. So you definitely want to minimize um, the risk of any of that shit. Yeah. And we've talked about the expenses of jujitsu, like buying like a $100 gi, um, buying several $100 gis. But a mouse card costs like $15. And you can typically yeah. like buy them at like Walmart or Kmart or any sports athletics or Dick's Sporting Goods, anywhere you can probably find... Uh, like a pair of running shoes, you can probably also find a mouth guard. I think it's a great investment, right? And you just buy one every year because most of y'all don't clean your mouth guards. Freaking cochinos out here. Sucio, coño. And so just buy a new mouth guard every year. It's a great investment. I can't say enough things about them. If I could recommend a brand, Damage Control or Sisu, if you want a thinner mouth guard. Yeah. And I understand what everybody's going to say. But, Ray, I don't want to learn how to breathe through my nose. It Get over it. Just do it. <laughs> okay, then go, go get your teeth replaced. Yeah. Um, much like geese, uh, mouth guards, which I recently learned in the last couple of years, can also get pretty expensive, right? So, like, those are all really great brands. And like Ray said, you can probably find a, a pretty affordable one in just about any uh, sports store or, you know, Amazon's great. Um, but then there's also a really good one if you are feeling like you really want to invest. And there's this brand called Guard Labs. Um, that's the, I got a couple of those a few years back, and they've been the best mouth guard I've used. Um, but you know, mouth guards, um, you should get them. Yeah. I typically try not to invest that much into a mouth guard just because I lose them all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I leave mine at the gym, and I forget if I leave it over here, over there, and all of a sudden when I buy the new one, as soon as a new one comes in, I find the old one, (laughs) and now I have two of them. It's just a mess, right? So I don't like investing in them, but I have heard great things about guard labs. They, like, make a custom mold to your teeth, Yeah. right? So if you have a specific overbite or underbite or anything with your teeth, if you just want to invest a little bit more, I hear guard labs is great. Now we're going to go into another 
big one. Uh, this is about guarding your hands in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And this is something nobody told me. It's kind of like a dumb moment, <laughs> but nobody told me how much Jiu-Jitsu fucks up your hands. It oh, is man. crazy. Yeah. Like, I was talking to, like, a doctor about, like, how my hands feel now. And you're like, have you ever broken a finger? And I was like, I, I don't really know because when, like, my finger, like, swelled up, like, to the size of two fingers, like, I just kept training. And she was like, well, from what you're telling me, it sounds like you've broken every finger on your hand. And that's probably true. Like, my fingers are a little bulbous around the knuckles. <laughs> Giovanni is wiggling. <laughs> well, like, if if you've trained jiu-jitsu um, and your fingers are all straight, then you haven't done enough, at, at least gi jiu-jitsu, right? I, I don't think the fingers are affected as much in no gi. Um but in the gi, because of the lapel and all that stuff, a lot of times somebody would just try to strip your grip, and there goes your middle finger. And yeah. now now your middle finger looks like a fucking L. Yeah, And that's dude. fucking annoying. Dude, there have been so many times when I'm not even just stripping grips, right? I look to post, like basically push somebody oh, away. Man. Dude, this happened to me when I was just pushing somebody's shoulder away, and my finger just pushed right into the uh. front of their shoulder, and I jammed my middle finger so hard. I had to stop the round and pop it back in. That sounds Or pop painful. it back out. I just had to pull it as hard as I can and pop it. It was so painful, dude. Um, But for, 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 sorry to cut you off, for that, right, then what we're alluding to is that there are some things that in jiu-jitsu we taught to do right to help with some of this stuff because if you haven't figured it out if you've done jiu-jitsu we're a little off right and we prioritize training over everything yeah so what this larger conversation i wanted to be about was just finger tape and finger care right and the finger accessories that there are out there <laughs> dude we've seen it all right from the humble just like finger tape like the quarter inch finger tape that you just wrap around your fingers to um specific like people training with splints right and then to people the MJ gloves. To the MJ gloves, dog. Oh, man. All the way to, like, people wearing, like, UFC, MMA gloves. It's been crazy, right? I think if you're going to get injured and you want to take care of your fingers, sure, do, like, the tape. Do, like, the buddy system. Use finger tape. Gorilla tape is the, the brand that I typically wear. Yeah. Right? When I get injured. Um, but I don't know why anybody would, like, go out of their way to, like, wear a specific glove doing jiu-jitsu. I just think it looks weird. It's kind of like the face mask thing that we were talking about. Yeah. Like, you, you can't not not expect people to look at you and be like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, I just, like you said, for this, like, there are other things we can do. Like, taping your fingers makes sense, right? Body system, all that stuff. The wearing of the glove, and, and it could just be us, right? It could I could just not, I could just be dumb and not understand it. But I don't get what, how is that supposed to help you? How is a glove going to help you? So Keep the training. Whole, the whole theory is that it's supposed to just give more support to your fingers. And it like, I hear the gripe and like, oh, I don't want to tape up every time yeah, and yeah, take yeah. it off and then like walk around with like the sticky adhesive on my fingers all day. I get it. But I just don't. I just think walking around with like the crab gloves and the lobster gloves, just like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, they're just gloves that bind your two fingers, your index and middle and your a ring and pinky finger together. So like the ET, right? Yeah, like the ET. Yeah. Nah, I don't <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> so it's just crazy. I think you have to wash them every time so that becomes a huge hassle. Um but people are saying, "Oh, you can just slip them on and off," right? There are some that like don't even buy the full gloves anymore. They're just like the binders. It's just like a sleeve for both of your fingers. Okay. I've seen that. I don't know. I maybe more this is like a traditionalist in me. I just tape up every single time. Yeah, even, but even the sleeve, those that sleeve makes more sense, which is probably why they came out with that. Because like, if you like, the glove just 
doesn't make sense. It just at that point you might as well just tape up or I guess like use that the sleeve. Um are there any other more fucking Yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> so the last one that I want to go into, right? Are the shoes, right? That's the one. Dude. If we're talking black Air Forces, if you wear wrestling shoes and you don't have like and it's not wrestling and you don't have a valid reason and we mean like injuries, maybe foot fungus, like if you're just wearing wrestling shoes to jujitsu class be for the fuck of it. Yeah. Nah, dog. Fuck you for that. Yeah, that's crazy, dog. That, don't come near me. Nah, please. I don't want to talk to you. What does so if you see if you see somebody wearing wrestling shoes and we're just going to to make it simple, we're going to say that this person is wearing it just because. And they step onto the mat and they go, Ray, let's do a round. How are you responding to that? No, no hablo inglés. <laughs> no hablo inglés, por favor, señor. No hablo. Uh, Ray, ¿quieres pelear? Oh, shit. <laughs> you call me. I know. I, I think people should have a medical excuse if they're wearing wrestling shoes, right? Um, some like I, I know like two people off the top of my head that just have very dry feet. And right. any time that they try to like put their feet on the ground, they just slide. Yeah, right? yeah, it's yeah. It's a very... Um, I was about to say common thing, but it is one of the more common excuses for people to wear like some type of footwear during grappling. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like this is where the scene person also wore like a uh, hospital socks with like the little rubber on the bottom, right, <laughs> to help them. Because you know, I can't imagine like putting your foot down and just no, sliding through sure. on an ice rink, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, for sure, if I saw somebody just wearing wrestling shoes for the heck of it, there's something wrong with you. There has to be. There has to be something wrong with you. Yeah, I can't imagine like. Dude, I'm I'm envisioning the worst training partner that I would not want to roll with, and it's like wearing the Hannibal Lecter mask, the <laughs> lobster gloves, and wrestling shoes. Yeah, like why why are you doing this? You look crazy. Um, when I was a blue belt, there was this man who would wear we we actually we would call him by that, but he would wear wrestling shoes, and he was probably if there was an encyclopedia. His face would be like the kind, the, the typical person who wear wrestling shoes, mostly just in no gi, and he would wear the wrestling shoes even in the gi. Don't like he was very committed, but he was always just looking to rip shit, like rip oh, heel hooks on yeah. you. Yeah, I remember this guy. And not, but it, and it's it's not that. It's that like when you attacked him because of the wrestling shoes, like it was easier to catch him in in leg stuff. Yeah. But then he would get upset at that. So I'm just like, you can't have it both ways. You can't wear the wrestling shoes for no fucking reason. And then you can't go attack my legs. And then you can't get mad. And now for me defending myself using the same thing you're doing is take your wrestling shoes off. Yeah, dude. I'm going to call this guy Dan Schneider <laughs> just because of how much this guy loved feet. Bro, it was a problem in our shout, gym. Shout out to the people with foot fetish out there. We're not trying to shame anybody. No, nah, I'm trying to shame. All right, well. This guy just <laughs> would rip like toe holds and straight ankle locks on like day one white belts. For no reason. I'm like, what are you doing? And we had this conversation in the whole Madden Forcer episode where like you want to use submissions that the other person knows what's going on. Oh, yeah. And this guy would go out of his way to like, I don't know if it was an ego thing. I don't know what probably, it was. Probably. But he would just rip toe holds on everybody. And I trained with him maybe twice already knowing what's up. And when he couldn't get me in these techniques, he would get mad. All the time. Dude, it just it just didn't make any sense. And, like, he would always wear wrestling shoes. That's how people would know him. Yes. And it's like, oh, do you know Dan Schneider? And it's like, no, who the hell is that? And it's like, oh, he's the wrestling shoes guy. And I'm oh, like, oh, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I know him. Um, that pretty much sums it up for all our jiu-jitsu accessories. There are some that we miss, like, if you wear your singlet underneath your gi, <laughs> that's just weird. <laughs> Shout-outs to y'all that wear, um, wear your singlet under. That is a little... 
strange, but I guess we all have our, our things. Yeah. Um, there's probably some others that we missed. If you have any like Jitsu pet peeves, let us know on the podcast at Latinx Guard Podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear them. We'd love to hear the stories that you've seen of some people coming in wearing like some really wild stuff, right? Um, what I want to move on right now is our uh, competitive segment for today's episode. We're going to talk about the ADCC Orange County Open. For those of you who don't know and have maybe heard about ADCC, the larger ADCC organization is famous for this biannual um, is it biannual? Yeah. Okay. So biannual tournament that um, is probably the largest no-gi tournament in the world, right? Or grappling tournament, as they would like to say. Yeah. So what they have started doing, because they're starting to grow in popularity, and if you try to qualify for this um, biannual tournament, you will have to defeat thousands of people in a bracket, and it just becomes so tedious for some people. Yeah. And there are typically only maybe... One, two, if you live in America and, and are lucky, three tournaments a year that you can use to qualify for this tournament, yeah. uh, for this larger tournament. So what they've started doing is providing smaller venues and smaller, uh, more regional tournaments that don't necessarily qualify you for the larger biannual ADCC like namesake tournament, but just give um, local recognition and um, more opportunities for up-and-coming grapplers to feature themselves so one of them like we're about to go over is the adcc orange county open so this is an open tournament you don't have to qualify i don't believe there's a cash prize if you win um actually i think there was absolute because um two of the winners um got cash prizes per flow grappling i just saw them posted with money so i'm gonna assume that it was probably for the absolutes there might be cash prizes um but if you don't know you might want to go look that up and research Great. So to start off, we're going to start in the men's bracket. Yes. And I'm actually a little bit confused going into this. Did they have, were the weight classes separated by 10 kilograms each? No. So um, per the men's division, right? So for ADCC, the weight divisions are 66, 77, 88, minus 99, and plus 99. For the opens, they at what they were looking to do, right, because ADCC, the big tournament, um, they have such limited weight classes, they look to add more. So they weren't separated by, um, based on what I saw, it, it got a little weird. So it went 60, 65, 70, 76, 83, 91, minus 100, plus 100, all of okay. that in kilos. Okay, great. So I think I am always for having more weight divisions. Right, right. I even think the 11 kilogram difference in ADCC is preposterous. Yeah. Right? That's over 20 pounds. Yes. And it's it's insane, especially if you lie somewhere in the middle. Now you either have to bulk up an immense amount or you have to cut an immense amount of weight. Right? Yeah. And we've heard stories about like the horrendous weight, horrendous oh, weight cuts that certain athletes have to make in order to make the lower weight class. Right? And I could be wrong on this or this could have been changed. Um so I don't know if it's still true, but you have to be you have to make weight both days. So if you yeah. qualify for the first day, right, and you had let's say two or three matches, then the next day when you still got two or three matches, you have to make weight again. So if you cut twenty pounds the first day, expect to have to keep those twenty pounds down for that second day. So and that could have changed in terms of the rule, but at one point that was it. So I agree that that big gap fucking it kills yeah. a lot of athletes. We'll have an ADCC episode one day. <laughs> But let's start going over the winners. Um, so we're just going to 
go briefly on who won, right? Because then we would spend too much time on everybody, right? But starting with the my, the 60 kilograms, um, Junie out of Unity, um, he bounced back after losing at the Dallas Nogi Open earlier this year, and he ended up winning the 60 kilograms division. So shout-outs to him. As for the 65-kilogram division, uh, Richie Alarcon, also known as Red, um, he probably is his biggest win since his breakout year in 2019. 2019, he got his black belt. He won third at Kasai Grand Prix, and he got third at the West Coast Trial, so shout-outs to him for the big bounce back. Um, at the 70 kilograms, we have Dominic Mejia. He's coming off a first-place division and third-place uh, absolute win at the ADCC Open in Mexico. So, like Ray said, they're doing a lot of these ADCC Opens to give a lot of athletes all over the world, just more opportunities and more recognition with the rule set. Um, for 76, we have Lucas Wilhan. Um, he's representing Canada. He was the only Canadian in his division, and he won the whole thing, so shout-outs to Canada out there. Uh, for the 83 division, we have Davis Asare out of New Wave. Um, he had a super fight win at Grapple Fest in April, so shout-outs to him for also winning his division. Uh, 91 kilograms was won by Steven Martinez. Um, the m minus 100 kilos was won by Felipe Trovo, who recently, or not recently, he switched to Atos in 2020, um, and then he got second place at Nogi Rolls in 2022. Um, and then I think this is where, this is the one we wanted to get to. So the plus 100 kilograms was won by Daniel Manasui, or I don't know how to say his last name, but he's also known as the Jiu-Jitsu Giant, right? He got double gold in ADCC Canada as well before this, um, but... Now I am going to talk shit. <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu right? Giant, be warned, dog. That's it. <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu Giant, you get my Pendejo of the Week award, right? <laughs> I can't believe it took 50 minutes for us to get to Pendejo of the Week this week. Jiu-Jitsu Giant, let me look at the camera. You get Pendejo <laughs> of the Week. I'll let you know. This is maybe this is little man syndrome, my Napoleonic complex. But Doug, how are you going to be six foot thirteen, right? Weigh three hundred pounds, and you don't win anything, right? This guy train has been training with uh, John Danaher for like I don't know how many years, right? And there's nothing that I like about this guy's athletic performance, right? <laughs> Whenever he goes up against the big stars, he always loses. I don't know how. When you're the size of like Magic Johnson and are not doing well in the grappling world, I just don't get it. Right? That's fair. But then, like, nobody wants to talk about, like, how he just injured a guy, like, a couple months ago, right? Very badly. And there aren't any, like, repercussions for that. I understand, like, people are going to say, Ray, this is a full contact sport. You assume some liability. Then you just have an episode on this. I'm like, yeah, but come on. He just, like, ripped the guy's leg off. Yeah. Right? He snapped his tibia, tore his whole knee apart. Like, I don't know. And, like, the fact that he's, like, beating his chest and like screaming on the mat after he wins double gold at the ADCC Open. I get he's an athlete. He works very hard for this. But bro, you you literally had six inches on the guy. You probably had 40 pounds on him. Like, what are you celebrating about? Like, if I had to fight against like like the Oompa Loompa, right, that played in Willy Wonka, right? I, I'm not going to... Like, that is an expected finding. I expect for that to happen. Like, Jesus, John, you got my Pendejo of the Week award, dog. That's, At least you, you got that. You better win ADCC this year. Dude, I don't, you're probably getting taller by the minute. And if you don't win ADCC, like, bro, go play basketball. Like, why are you doing this? Switch why? careers if you need to. Why Why are you doing this? If you're six foot eight, bro, you're, you're, wait, <laughs> I thought he was 6'13. <laughs> 
dude, he's just he's just too big for this sport. <laughs> uh, maybe that's just me being a small man hater, but um, we don't Jujutsu Giant. Um, we don't want you to eat us or anything. Um, <laughs> we simply are trying to say is how the fuck we don't know what. It, yeah, that and I, okay, I'm not gonna speak for Ray. That is this is my Napoleon complex probably. How do you, how are you this big and still? Still, bro. Still. Anyways, um, uh, what, one other person I have to shout out, right? Um, Junior Ocasio, right? Yes. Won the 60 kilogram division. Um, a lot of people don't know that Junior Ocasio is probably like one of the representatives for the East Coast. Yes. Right. Big facts. Um, shout out to the Bronx. Shout out to the Bronx. Uh, what is he? Puerto Rican too. He's Puerto Rican. Shout yes, out Boricua too. Shout out Boricua, Boricua, Morena, <laughs> Dominicana. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Shout out to Juni, right? I don't like some of his Instagram stuff. I think it's kind of cringe, but whatever. I'm not here to judge his Instagram prowess or quality. I'm here to judge his Jiu-Jitsu prowess. And, um, you know, I really hope that that guy finds success in the Jiu-Jitsu space just because he trains probably harder than a lot of these athletes. Oh, big facts. And, um, you know, he reps Unity, which I may have some opinions about, but we'll get into that later. Um, but... And shout outs to like he's also natty, right? Yeah. As, as far as far as we know, right? Like natural athletes, we're we're also going shout shout out. Um, and I think to what to your point, right? He's been training for well, for years, right? He's what we would call an OG, um, but he's also really managed to stay really relevant. So a lot of the as, as we know, the no gi scene has blown up, right? With ADCC, but and, and the leg locks, right? That that part of jujitsu has. Um, really developed and he's played a big role right so a lot of the guys that are doing leg locks at the high level study him right and they study a lot of what he's been doing so again shout outs to you dog yeah uh we're really excited for the upcoming tournaments that are coming up i believe brasileiros is happening right now yes and i believe we have some athletes going for the grand slam this year tynan dopper being one of them i'm super excited because isaac dordelin who's an american is also competing at the brazilian nationals yeah. and he is one of the favorites to win the division this year yes to and he will be i believe the second american to try to conquer the uh so. brasileiro gold medal which is very difficult to do. Dude, yeah. I've heard some stories that they hate Americans who compete at the Brasileiro tournament, which is kind of messed up because, you know, a lot of the Brazilians come over, and I don't know, maybe I'm speaking, um, maybe I'm not speaking facts, but I, I have never seen, like, such discrimination happen to the Brazilian athletes, at least when they're competing in America, yeah. than I've heard about um certain Americans facing discrimination when they're competing in Brazil. Rafael Lavallo even said that while he was... No, it wasn't Rafael Lavallo. It was Kenny Cornelius saying that when he was competing in the uh, Brasileiros as a purple belt, that when he was trying to take a nap in between his matches, Brazilians would kick him, right? So that he wouldn't take... Yeah, so they wouldn't be able to take a nap during his matches. So he's competing in a hostile environment, right? I'm sure there are Brazilians that don't want him there. Yeah. That, I mean... Maybe the Brazilians feel it's like their home tournament, you know, for sure, and only want to and, and like have a very similar feeling that we do that we think that like um, local competitions should stay local in order to highlight local talent because I know that there are a bunch of Brazilian athletes that do not have the financial means to travel to the international competitions, so maybe they feel some type of way about an American who has the means to travel. Unfortunately, has the means to travel to Brazil in order to compete and feel some type of way about it. So maybe I understand their point, but. I just don't know why they have to be so hostile, right? Um, so I really feel for Isaac Dorland. I'm rooting for him, not just as an American, but as a fan of his jiu-jitsu. He did a seminar where I teach, and, you know, I'm a big fan of him. I, like, had lunch with him. Great person. 
He's dope. Um, before we get to that, I just want to cover the women's division. Back to the. Oh yeah, my uh, apologies. <laughs> to the, we love all genders. Okay. Latinx out here. Come on. Um, <clears throat> so just quickly, uh, for the women's, they also had um a few more divisions. So in ADCC, you only get two for the women's. In the ADCC Open, there were five. So for the minus fifty, the Funeg. Funegra sisters. So they all you need to know is that there are these blue belts out of AOJ, these young kids killing it. They they did the advance and both of them won first and second. Mia winning first, uh Ashley winning second. So look out for them to once they get to black belts, y'all have y'all smash them while y'all can. Like no, cut that out. Yeah, I'm gonna Be- cut that was wild. Yeah, cut yeah. that out. Beat them while y'all can. Fuck. Damn, cut that, cut that out, that out. Too, bro. Yo, they're fucking nice, and keep your eye on them. Um, for the 60-kilogram divi- division, uh, Shayla Lindsay, um, she earned her black belt in six and a half years and recently competed at the Midwest Finishers, so she won the 60 kilograms. Um, 65 was won by Helena Creva. Um, the 70 kilograms was won by Brittany Johnson, who's coming off a L.A. Open win at Super Heavy, which isn't her usual weight class. Um, she competes out of Atos, and then... The 70 kilograms, uh, over 70 kilograms, was won by Bridget Grace. She trains out of Henzo Gracie. Um, she's an OG out here in the West Coast. So much like Junie, it's from, uh, uh, someone who I've seen in the competition scene from early on, um, and especially on the East Coast, um, she's, you know, been an OG. So this is a big win for her. So shout outs to her and all all of the women and all of the men who won this weekend and who competed, right? If you... Whether even and then if you lost, right? Obviously that sucks. But if you went, you competed, and you didn't get hurt, take that as your win, right? Yeah, um, I think that adding more weight divisions in the women's division in the ADCC was such a smart move. Yeah, just because I hear numerous complaints and valid complaints Absolutely. from female athletes saying that just two um, weight divisions. If you thought that eleven kilograms was way too little or yeah. way too far of a weight disparity between the men's divisions just having two weight classes in the women's division is just that's insane right Right. i think the fact that they had multiple weight classes five in total for the women's division was great yeah yeah. um and another thing that i want to talk about i'm really impressed about these young female athletes um just because it professionalizes the sport right i think that a lot of people find jiu-jitsu later in life but the younger that we make this sport the more legit it gets, right? Because then right. we start introducing children, which are always going to be the future of the sport. We start introducing to them to this sport earlier and earlier. And I think when you see successful athletes such as the Fernegra sisters, I believe there was another 16-year-old athlete that won a division in that um, competition, whatever. Um, yeah, they, they, they also separate, not to cut you off, but they also separated um, by experience. So you have, you have an opportunity to, if you're really new, you have an opportunity to jump into the beginners or the intermediate. So all we just named were the advanced, right? Because these are more of the professionals. Um, but there's a lot of people that competed this weekend. I think they had over 2,000 competitors. That's great. That's great. Um, so, yeah, just to wrap up what I was saying, I think that um, to see young female athletes in this sport is really uh, heartwarming yeah just because it, it is uh provides an inclusive space for everybody and just provides in uh a model for younger female athletes um to look up to right. and hopefully we get more people in the competitive scene absolutely um that's about to uh, wrap it up for episode five of the latinx guard podcast guys thank you so much for listening uh jobani and i are impressed with the fact that we made it to episode five facts uh so we are going to be looking to having guests on more frequently soon 
Um, but we're just happy being able to do this every single week for yeah. everybody who's willing to listen. Um, one more time, if you want to support the podcast, right now we don't have a Patreon or any form of like um, fiscal way that you can support the podcast, but we just really appreciate it. Um, spreading this and supporting by uh, way of mouth by spreading it to other gyms by spreading it to your friends sharing it on instagram at latin x guard podcast um, you can also find us on simplecast right that's our host website you can listen to it there if you don't have spotify but if you do have spotify please rate us on spotify give us a simple um, whatever you feel like it we would appreciate the exposure um, you can find me on instagram at ruck R-U-C-K underscore F-A-Y-M-U-N-D-O. I also have a uh, instructional Instagram called Big Monkey Productions, Big Monkey underscore Productions. And Jobani, where can they find you? Um, so update. Um, so my regular Instagram is Jobani underscore Rosario, J-O-B-A-N-Y underscore Rosario. And I recently made uh, an Instagram. I'm a, I'm a little bit slower on this one, but I'm going to use that to put out some content. Um, it's called Tres Golpes Jiu Jitsu. Um, it's exactly what it sounds like, T-R-E-S. G O L P E S Jiu Jitsu. Wow, that um, was really impressive. Yeah, I, I, it took me a second. I didn't know if I was going to spell it. I was, I was getting ready to be like, "Yo, cut that, cut that, cut that." Um, but yeah, right now it's pretty, pretty basic. Um, there's nothing on it, um, but I'm looking to add some contest stuff there. Um, but like Ray said, I, I want a second in that we're really grateful. This is really dope, right? Um, to be able to just like sit down with my boy, we can talk about something that we both are passionate about. Um, and sometimes, you know, our Latin side is going to come out. We're going to get extra passionate, extra loud. Um, but we appreciate the support so far. And while we don't have a Patreon or any of that stuff, we're going to work our way there. So thank you guys for, for everything um, so far. It's really been dope. Um, as someone who has a hard time taking compliments, sometimes I get a little overwhelmed. I'm like, stop being so fucking nice to me. But we, we really do appreciate it. And um, yeah, this is really fucking fun. Yeah, let us know what you think about the podcast on the Instagram. Send us a DM either on our personal pages or on the podcast Instagram. Let us know what you think. Uh, just in general, if you see us in real life, a lot of you listeners know us in person. Right. We don't shy away from talking about the Instagram. We appreciate any critique or criticism that we have about it. Mostly it's Facts. just been a bunch of compliments, which we're really grateful for. Again, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Stay out of trouble, please. <laughs>